Good morning, good afternoon, good night. I'm here to talk about more life. Actually, this is Alex, and I'm here to talk about your support of Craft Heads Podcast. A couple of updates. Be sure to check out our new Patreon tiers. Support levels are the same, but there are new rewards and perks to being part of the Craft Heads fam. There's officially a Craft Heads Podcast Discord server. If you support the podcast at any level, on patreon.com slash craftheadspodcast, you will get an invitation to that server. I've already contacted everybody uh, who was an existing patron when I created the server, and most of you got in there, but if if there are some of you who still want to join and had any issues or I haven't contacted you, which I don't think there are any of the latter, please let me know so I can get you an invitation to it. And of course, uh, all incoming new patrons will also be invited. For the slightly higher tiers of support, we are going to start doing monthly virtual happy hours, and we still have the Craft Heads grab bag care packages at the highest level of support. Lastly, we want to show our appreciation for all of you who have stuck with us after all this time, and if you were an active patron as of March 1st, 2021, you will be receiving a custom-printed Craft Heads podcast face mask. They're CDC-approved, reusable, washable, etc. They're actually really nice. We're excited to get them. We're going to get them out to all of the existing patrons by the end of this month for sure. And then uh, that is just a, a huge thank you to the people who have stuck with us all this time. And for anybody else who is interested in purchasing them, just contact me directly and I'll let you know uh, how much they cost and how we can get them to you. But thanks again, everybody, for listening. Thanks for supporting and enjoy the show. Welcome back, crafty boys and girls. After like 23 days, almost a little over three weeks of silence, we apologize. Um, we're totally remiss and we're, we're glad that you're still tuning in. Tommy's not with me here this evening, but uh, Tara is, so we'll welcome back my beautiful wife to the show. Tara, thanks, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. You're always willing to hold down the fort, and you always remind me of that, but I haven't taken advantage of that lately. So we figured we would do sort of a follow-up to episode 118, which was Sweet Home. That's what it was called, but it was actually like a sort of a three-parter. We talked about uh, an awesome experience that we had at a brewery up north, the Netflix uh, original series, Sweet Home. And then, of course, we did a movie rundown of sorts at the end of that. We might have had a dozen movies or something like that. Tara and I watch a lot of movies. Um, we've been watching more than ever, especially, you know, nowadays when, like, what else are you going to do? And we have compiled a movie rundown number two. So we're probably going to do this periodically every once in a while because we cover so many. I actually have a lot of people, friends and listeners who tell me they really enjoy whenever we do the the movie recommendations and stuff. Tommy and I have done them on sort of a one-off basis from time to time, you know, throwing, peppering them into various episodes of the podcast. So this will just be another full rundown. Um, just by way of an update, Tommy and his family are, are doing pretty well. Um, obviously, feel free to reach out to him if you haven't heard from him in a while and want to get into contact. Or if you know Tommy through me, let me know. And, you know, I'm sure he would love to hear from you. But um, he's doing well. His family's doing all right. And, um, you know, Tara and I have been 
just adjusting to life without our our dear craft heads co-host living in the same city as us but it's okay we've we've been busy with uh work crypto and the three d's you know what they are doom yes doom 2 replaying dark souls 2 dark souls 2 replaying return to drang lake we just drinking mm, well we're always busy <laughs> with that um downton abbey oh yeah yeah so in, in true craft heads form, we would we wouldn't dare uh, start off an episode after such a hiatus without a cocktail. So this evening we have the the Harvey Wallbanger because I recently uh, treated myself to a bottle of Galliano. I've always wanted to. It's a long, spingy, tall bottle of of an Italian uh, spirit with herbs and spices, over thirty herbs and spices, something like that. And it's it's a crucial ingredient in many a cocktail so i figured i'd give it a whirl and we decided we were going to use it tonight so we made the harvey wall banger and it's really it's a screwdriver with a finishing touch with a twist yeah exactly at the end when you make your screwdriver it's vodka and orange juice obviously and then you float uh one part galliano on top of it so without further ado cheers tara cheers Tastes remarkably like a screwdriver, except a little bit of Galliano on top, mm-hmm. which you, I know um, you had a sip earlier as well, and you said you enjoyed it. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It's just, I know Galliano isn't, it I'd does have a little have bit of. M- I would rather have more vodka than the Galliano sure. on top. And it has a little, uh, a little bit of anise flavoring in it, not quite as much yeah. as Pernod, but I know that's not your favorite. So um, what we're going to do later for Tara is uh, I'm going to hook her up with, I found an alternative uh, or a, a cousin cocktail called the, I, I can't, I can never say this. I hate it. Freddie Fudpucker. I just hate saying that, but it's basically a tequila based version of the Harvey Wallbanger. So we'll see how that turns out for you. I know you're more of a tequila person, so I'm sure you'll like that more. Mm-hmm. But anyways, um, before we get started on the list, we ha- I did want to do I said a little bit of a follow-up to 118 on Sweet Home. It's kind of funny because I completely forgot to mention that I knew the name sounded familiar, and I was kind of like wondering what it was from, and I realized there was a Japanese horror movie that came out in 1989 called Sweet Home, and there was a video game on the original Famicom, a.k.a. the early NES in first release in Japan, it was called Sweet Home, and it was actually like the the spiritual predecessor to the Resident Evil franchise. So no wonder there's so much Resident Evil-inspired yeah, content and vibes in the show. But it reminded me, I do want to play that game one day, maybe even see the movie. And I feel like Tommy and I owe it to ourselves with our roots and adoration and uh, borderline worship of the series. But... I'd be very interested in watching the movie. Totally. And also, I found out something else funny. I mean, I found this out like a month and a half ago, but, you know, the podcast was already out and whatnot. <clears throat> Do you remember how I talked about, and you remember all the characters like wearing headphones randomly as they were going about with all these monsters everywhere? Yeah, yeah, you told me about that. Do you remember why? Yeah. It's like, a, it's almost like a Silent Hill thing, which is amazing. Like mm-hmm. in Silent Hill, when you have monsters around, you have like a high frequency radio or some sort of a device that sort of alerts you to their presence. One of the characters in that um, revealed that in like one line of dialogue that was really easy to miss in the show. And apparently it was in the 
the web series or whatever came before that. Like there was like a online webtoon about it. And it's just one of those things where, you know, things kind of get rushed and crammed together in TV shows, but, uh, yeah, a little fun little sweet home factoid, but yeah, I think it's um getting picked up for a second season. I let's put it this way: I googled it and I saw some chatter about it. I don't know if that's official or not. I sure hope it is because I really enjoyed watching that show with you. Yeah, looking I love that get, show. Yep, looking that's one of the back to it. that's one of the few that I've only seen in you know a single season of where I'm like I really hope. Yep, season two. Agreed. Is, is a go, but if there isn't. It was beautiful, and it can live a cool life with that single season, too. That's I've true. always wanted to see more shows do that. Yeah, and that's, th- again, we've talked about this. We've talked about this, the way that they ended that season. Could easily be left in the ether or explained in yep. another season. Exactly. And they, they do that because it's science, because they don't know if they're going to, again, have another season or not. Yep, so, so we'll see what happens. But um, here's how this rundown is going to work. We have... A little over 20 movies. Probably probably won't spend a full minute on all of them. Some of them may be a little bit over, but we'll go through them sort of rapid fire. And this is some of, funny enough, this is some of the most research I've done for any CHP episode because I love movies so much and I love telling people about movies and telling and recommending them to people. So Tara's got her, yeah, she's got her stopwatch here, aka iPhone. And I have the name of the movie. I have the year it came out. I have the Rotten Tomatoes ratings, and I will always lead with the critics and follow with the audience. And I'm also going to state the runtime because runtime is really important to me personally. I know it is to Tara as well. Like it is so annoying how long movies are nowadays. I always say the, the objective perfect length of a movie is 90 minutes. And if it goes a little bit over, it better be damn good. So that, that will sort of help you decide whether or not you're interested in the movie or not, all of those different factors. And then last time on 118, Tara, we did a watch or skip rating. Both of us issued that. So we'll see where we get. And one other, uh, I guess, caveat of sorts would be that in, mo- in some cases, I'll point out you know who the main actor or actresses are. I might mispronounce some names. I might mix up the role between a director, producer, screenwriter in the case of like, you know, like I say Eli Roth movies and sometimes Mm -hmm. those lines get crossed. But um, anyways, the only things I can guarantee accuracy on are those things I told you earlier year, the ratings at the time that I checked them and the run times. And by the way, those are all off of Rotten Tomatoes because sometimes I've seen discrepancies with run times, different cuts of movies and whatnot. So that's the best I can do for you. I tried. Trust me. So you ready? Always. Ah. It feels good to be to be recording again. We got to do this more often. So the first movie, and these we watch these in no particular order. Assimilate, 2019. It's like a teen, teen scare flick horror slash even maybe like a little bit of like dark comedy in a strange way. Um, there were no critics ratings. 61% audience. 133 hour and 33 minutes runtime. It was, it was sort of like a invasion of the body snatchers where there is some sort of, I'll say alien or whatever entity, bacteria, whatever, and because I don't want to spoil anything. And it is taking people over, making something happen with these individuals, and people realize something funky is going on. And we didn't expect much out of it. It was actually pretty good. Yeah. Would you say a watch or skip? Watch. Especially because of the length, I would definitely say watch. Yeah. There were some freaky like special effects and stuff in with the people's faces and all that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a good watch. It's a good quick watch. Uh, that one was on Netflix. 
the one other thing I forgot to mention is most of these are on Netflix, not all of them. Uh, some are on Amazon Prime, HBO Max, whatever. Just search for them. But most of them are on Netflix. You can always search on the Roku channel as well because they'll tell you where you can find it. Uh, next movie, The Ravenous. I'll try and say this in French. Les Femmes, maybe. I'm not even sure exactly what Did that I translates watch this to. One? Yes, French foreign film. So bonus points immediately. I love foreign fil- foreign films. 2017. 88% critics, 59% audience. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, I, was, I was letting you think about it while I was getting through these in an hour and 43 minutes. So it's it's a zombie apocalypse movie of sorts. Oh, yeah. Uh, the zombies are pretty interesting. They ex- they exhibit some really unique behavior. Uh, the ending yeah. was darkly comedic as well. And I actually had to Google the meaning of it, like some of the imagery in the very last scene of, of why they were showing what they were. Overall... I thought that was great. It was a fresh, certified fresh take on zombie stuff and just really well done overall. Watch or skip. Watch. It was definitely a watch for me as well. Um, I don't know if you can speak a whole lot to this. So I went on a wee little Adam Driver kick movie lately. I I have a weird man crush on him. Like he's not... He's not handsome by any stretch of the imagination, but he's interesting looking, and that's appealing to me. Sure. So, <laughs> you, will you give me interesting? Yeah. That's, Ky- what's his name? Kylo Ren in the Star Wars yeah, movies. Yeah, I don't know. That's what most people know him from, or like whenever he got really big. And um, he was in Marriage Story with him and Scarlett Johansson. I didn't Johansson. watch this. Okay, this so is all you. I watched it on the airplane. And then like, yeah. and then ha- I watched half on an airplane, half later on. So, I'll say this was 2019. 94 critics, 85 audience, two hours and 16 minutes. I'll say the watch or skip, I would say for me it was a watch, probably not for everybody. I would say for the average viewer, probably a skip. Um, It's probably critically acclaimed, whatever. Um, Slow, very dialogue-driven, very, very real drama. And I will say that it... It actually made me really think about and take a deep look in consideration into what a lot of couples go through in divorce. It's about uh, you know two people who have been together for a fairly long time, probably somewhere around 10 years or something like that, and they're sort of growing apart. Their careers and, and ideals are changing and whatnot. And it, it actually made me wonder. It kind of makes me want to like talk to, to my parents and like how their divorces went. Like all yeah. kidding is, you know what I mean? Because that's like, as far as the nitty gritty of it, I don't really know any of the details, and I'm I'm curious. It's it was really interesting from that perspective. So, if that sounds interesting to you, then watch. Otherwise, I'd I'd say skip. Um, the next mid or the next Adam Driver movie, Midnight Special, 2016, 86 critics, 67 audience, 151 runtime. So it's a little long. What did you think about Midnight Special? Do you remember that? I really enjoy that movie yes i thought that movie was absolutely fascinating and now that i'm thinking about it it parallels you know that short story that science fiction short stories book i have Mm -hmm. there's a uh, short story in there that's a very similar premise or um you know idea and so the whole i I love that movie definitely watch so the premise was not of, of tara's short story but in the movie basically this kid who has been basically abducted by a cult of sorts and the kid receives these like crazy transmissions and coordinates and that what they turn into scripture and all this other stuff from from some 
unknown entity, whether it's from space or from God or whatever. And, you know, the federal government's after them, the cult's after them, the, the kid's biological father is after him trying to, you know, uh, take him, get him to safety, all that kind of thing. And I would describe it as gripping. The ending was good, not not outstanding, but like the, I, I think the movie itself, watching it was so good and so interesting that I think that's the only reason that I was even remotely let down by the end was because it was overall such a good movie and really thrilling to watch. I think it's an absolute watch for sure. Yeah. How about you agree? All right. Yeah. I, I like the ending more than you did. Good. I think. Yeah. It was beautiful visually. Yeah. I, you know, and I won't go further than that, but mm-hmm. I, I would say from both of us, that's definitely a watch. Um, Ghosts of War, 2020, 39 critics, 42 audience, 135. Nice quick watch. Basically, these soldiers in World War II are, uh, they're assigned to like basically babysit this uh, captured mansion from the Nazis and a bunch of weird shit starts happening. It's it's a horror movie, like supernatural, mm-hmm. ghosts, etc. And doesn't have great reviews. I loved watching that movie. Yeah, I I thought the whole thing was very interesting. I thought it was an interesting concept for a horror mm-hmm. movie. You know, especially the ending when you kind of get all the puzzle pieces put together. You're like, oh, okay. Oh my gosh, that's interesting. Yeah. But yeah, horror between, freaks freaks me out. Between, so I was freaked out most of that movie. You were between the. Uh, the awesome twist ending, the short runtime, and the random appearance of Billy Zane as a Nazi. Totally. Yeah. I loved it. Uh, I, I say watch for sure. Yeah. Watch? Yeah. Love it. Wildlife. This was coming off of, uh, this was one of the earlier ones that we watched off of our Jake Gyllenhaal kick. Skip. To, okay. <laughs> 2018. 93 critics, 73 audience, both very, very high, uh, 144 runtime. I'm going to put that in the same category as, as marriage story. If you like that particular actor, you know, there's, he was the big one in it. Um, if family drama, another married couple going through a separation, if that is interesting to you, then, it would be a watch. I don't think it was as good as Marriage Story. Marriage Story had a better cast who had um, Scarlett Johansson, in addition to Adam Driver, Scarlett Johansson, um, Jake Ray, Gyllenhaal, Ray Liotta. No, no, no. Sorry, I, I was talking about Marriage Story still. Oh, like it had a better cast. Uh, Laura Dern was in it. So, like that one, if you're gonna watch one of the two, I would say definitely Marriage Story. But overall, um, Wildlife was pretty slow and wasn't particularly amazing. I liked it, but I would say you'd probably safely skip. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but it would be relevant to a lot of Californians, though, with all the wildfires, because that was a big part of it um, Mm -hmm. in that movie. Okay, so here's two funny ones back to back. Cabin Fever. Now, I got to tell, why don't you tell the listeners what happened and why we did this? Oh, my God. So Alex got on this kick where he wanted to watch and go down the rabbit hole of e- Eli Roth. Yeah, Eli Roth. Like directed films. Movies. Yep. Yeah. So he saw that he directed a film called Cabin Fever. And we just plugged right through on Roku, found Cabin Fever, and rented it or bought it. I can't remember. I think uh, we rented that one. Yeah, I think so. 
watched it and the whole movie was uh horrendous horrendous it, for a good polite term horrendous and it didn't the the time period didn't match up with the um the date of the movie and i was like why are they like on cell phones like smartphones talking about the, call of duty yeah and i'll talk about call of duty i'm like this this is very modern for when this should have come out and the one we watched was a remake of the eli roth one so the same day, we immediately bought the Eli Roth version and watched that one too. Mm-hmm. And the Eli Roth version is so much better. And the second one, the remake, um, they I think copied it basically like word for word, the script as as much as they could, and then inserted a bunch of stupid stuff into it. But if you're gonna watch Cabin Fever. I implore you to triple check that you are renting the original Eli Roth one and not the new one because the new one's terrible. Okay, so let me let me give the stats on this one real quick. The original is 2002, 62 uh, critics, 44 audience, 134 runtime. The remake is 2016, zero critics, not not no zero. Yeah, that's terrible. 12 percent audience, 139 runtime. So. To be fair, the reason for the confusion, a couple of reasons, Eli Roth is involved in both of them. He produced both. I I think he did screenwriting for both or maybe at least co-screenwriting, and he directed the first one. But he did not – the second one, the remake, is directed by a different director, but Eli Roth was still involved in it. And when you Google it, even still to this day, and Google is – well, I I deal with it for a living, so – I know all about this, but Google is not infallible and it can't even tell the difference when you're searching. Like it served me a result for cabin fever. Uh, maybe it said 2016, but it showed me screenshots for the 2002 movie or vice versa. Mm-hmm. One of the two. So it, it even confused Google. And whenever the credits were running, I was like, my God, how can this possibly be a cult classic? And I was like, oh my God, Tara, I just watched the wrong movie. Because she was kind of just it, on the no, couch with the me. The thing, it, it showed a different director. Right. We were watching yeah. the credits and it showed a different director. And I remember like we looked at each other kind of and you're like, <laughs> well, like, that's not Eli Roth. Like, <laughs> if that was directed by him, his name would be in that spot. And that's when we saw the error of yeah, our ways. So in the same day, I actually bought the original on Voodoo because it was like the... I, I don't know. It was, it was accessible. It was like 10 bucks or something. It might've even been cheaper and um, spending a little extra time on this one because just because of the ridiculous circumstances surrounding this, I, the first is a cult classic. It was enjoyable. If you like, like campy, slightly gory horror and all that stuff, totally recommend watching it. And I hate to say this. I recommend watching the remake because it is so bad. It's much more, violent and gory you know because it's more modern it, it looks a little better in terms of some well, of that, some uh, of that yeah stuff. the special effects will look much sure, better sure but man there's something to be said for good acting and, and here's the crazy thing tara was not exaggerating when she said verbatim i have never seen the re- a remake of a movie where they copied the script word for word and i'm talking like other than Nin- Call of Duty, yeah, it's all the I'm same. I'm talking like 90% of the movie. And they changed the very end of the remake, like some of the very final moments. They might have changed like the last 15 to 20 minutes in the remake, something like that. Mm-hmm. But it is – and the camera shots are almost the same. Like it's yeah. cool to see somebody 
try to stay that, to have that fidelity to the original, but A, what's the point when you do that, when you think about it, and B, how can you be that similar and also that terrible? It's, it's just crazy. Yeah. So it, it, that was a fun little experiment. Uh, bouncing to Fat Man, 2020, 45 critics, 84 audience, so you know it's good, and 140 runtime. This is Mel Gibson as like a dark representation of Santa Claus and like his life as a business and, and what he does to get by yeah. and, you know, the Christmas season and everything. And Walton Goggins mm-hmm. as well. Uh, a lot of CHP listeners will know him as the uh, as Captain Chris Mannix from Hateful Eight. But, oh, my God, that movie was an incredibly present surprise. Really fun watch. Definitely a good holiday movie going forward. Was that a watch for you? I oh, assume? most definitely. Yeah. That'll be something we do every year. Funny, violent, and uh, some really like convincing characters and just great dialogue. Oh my dialogue. gosh! Yeah, the kid. The, like, there's if a, Santa there's Claus a bad existed, kid in it. if Santa Claus existed today, I'm 100 percent sure it would be that depiction in that movie yep would be his life yeah it was it was great just check that movie out for sure and mel gibson is a phenomenal actor um aftershock this was also part of the eli roth craze because like on i think on 118 i talked about green inferno Mm -hmm. and um knock knock that shit keanu reeves movie so aftershock was 2012 this this was uh pretty early on uh 39 percent critics 24 percent audience and 129 runtime so nice quick watch some questionable material in it there is um they're like in chile or something like that i think and there's a huge magnitude earthquake and you know society just descends into anarchy immediately very violent um the one thing i will say and i'm sure you'll agree do you remember the ending the ending was really fun Uh, oh I, i remember yeah so i will say if you like eli roth watch otherwise definite skip like it's yeah, it's it was, total trash it's yeah. it's junk food but it's but it's great eli roth junk food so depends on what you're in the mood for don't listen or voces in spanish this is uh another foreign flick 2020 50 critics 66 audience 137 runtime pretty standard not overly memorable was this the one where the kid was it, no, it, it was the um the pool. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that one. And yeah. they, they refer trying to refurbish yeah, the house, like they flip the houses and stuff. Yeah. And a, yeah. A couple okay. with with a, a young child. That was very they creepy. They flip houses and stuff. Very creepy. Um, not particularly memorable or amazing, but if you like, if you just need a good horror flick, mystery thriller as well aspects, and it's not super long, I would say go ahead and give it a watch. Otherwise, you could skip. But it, it was it was it was a spooked decent me. horror movie. But I'm easily you know? spooked. So. Yeah, exactly. And um, pretty decent ending too. Moving on to a amazing one, in my humble opinion, The Call, a Korean. Oh yeah. Uh, mystery thriller turned even like s- slightly horror movie. Twenty twenty, a hundred percent critics, seventy nine percent audience 152 runtime my only 
My only gripe with this, oh my God. Okay, so if you're listening to me and this this sounds interesting, there's a girl who is in a house and she's getting a phone call from somebody and it turns out they are connected through time, like 20 years apart. If that sounds interesting to you and you say, oh, I trust Alex and he says this is amazing, please don't Google it or look at anything. Or Even like, when you're in going in Netflix, yeah. I'm telling you right now, if you want to watch the call, Go to Netflix, click play, get right into it, and don't read anything. Don't read, don't read literally anything because immediately in the description, it tells you, it gives you a big spoiler as to what's going yes. to happen and a big premise of what happens later on in the movie and why it becomes like this mystery thriller type thing. So if you are interested in that, just just watch it. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. It it's not like it's a spoiler for the end of the movie. It's probably I don't know a third of the way in or something. But like it it really I it looked back on it. I was like, why would you put that in the, in the the teaser description of the movie? Yeah. So like it's one thing like for like a like a horror movie is like oh a family moves into an old you know church and you know there's ghosts like that yeah. that that doesn't spoil the movie really like you know you're looking at that but like this movie does such a good job with it like whatever yeah. the it is that makes it so good that even the simplest description can yep. really throw it off so yeah. i don't know if i already mentioned this it's another korean movie you know i have a soft spot for him so it's um subtitles for sure but phenomenal movie good acting convincing characters i just i absolutely loved that my only gripe with it is that i have heard I've described it to a couple of people and they're like, wow, that sounds like X. And I, f I feel like a lot of movies have and p other pieces of media have done something similar, which is weird. So I don't know who to be angry at for that because that's annoying, but it's a great movie. So check mm -hmm. it out. Um, King of Staten Island. What's that guy's name? Oh, Pete, um, Pete. Something or other. Okay. So King of Staten Island. Let me look it up. It's another Judd Apatow movie, which if you're plugged into movie culture at all, he's all over stuff. Like his, his biggest run of movies, I feel like was a f just a few years in a row. And it was like forgetting Sarah Marshall and knocked up and a couple other movies just like that. And, and he, he just, he's, he's a, in many cases, like a producer of a lot of these uh, movies, but go ahead. What's his name? Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson. Okay. Yeah. He dated that Ariana Grande or whatever the hell. Um, so it's a semi autobiographical story about his life growing up on Staten Island. Um, Bill Burr's in it, which was a fun little surprise. Marissa Tomei as well. Um, and this was 2020, 74 critics, 83 audience, 217 runtime. This one I'm certain was on HBO Max. I don't know if it's, it probably still is. Uh, I'm going to give it a skip. Yeah. For two reasons. It was, I enjoyed it. I don't regret watching. We watched it with Tommy and Claire. So it was fun. Good company. It was too long. It yeah, was way too long. I, actually. I don't regret, regret watching it. It almost felt self aggrandizing mm -hmm. and it almost seemed like a coping, not, no, not coping. It seemed like another part of his healing process for whatever, like stuff that he was going through in his life when he was growing up. You mean like he, he needed to make a movie? Yeah, yeah, it? exactly. Because okay, yeah? like okay. you can you can see yeah. in certain parts of the movie like where it's like, I feel like he was enjoying it and like healing for himself to be able to kind of 
almost relive that alternate universe. Because, I mean, yeah, it follows his life closely, but also there are some things that aren't exactly to the T. Like, it's not 100%. This is exactly what happened. These are the event, the events that occurred. Like, Hey, if it is, good for him. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's it what I mean. Like, it wasn't it a good movie. It wasn't terrible. Yeah. But I'm not going to watch it or suggest it to anyone. It if was making, way too long. If making that movie helped him, God love him. I, that's wonderful. I just, I wouldn't recommend it because, it, God, it was just too long. It, yeah. I remember sitting there it's like thinking, 40 like, minutes too long. Yeah. When is this going to end? And yeah, 40 minutes yeah. too long is definitely a good number. We were in between football games. That was the week before uh, the, the Super, Super Bowl, Bowl yeah. I think. Yeah. And so it was just, I don't know. It, it was fine. I guess if you're obsessed with him, check it out. But um, I would say skip on that one. Bad Day for the Cut. We actually just watched this one a couple of days ago. 2017, 92 critics, 71 audience, 139 runtime. Out of left field movie, amazing. Yeah. Revenge flick, a, you know, moderate, maybe even low income farmer out in the Irish countryside is taking care of his mom. She seems to be savagely and senselessly murdered. So this guy sets out, you know, from his very mundane, normal life on this quest for revenge about, you know, finding out who's responsible, why they did it and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Really a good watch. Great movie. Great acting. Uh, Length was good. You know, it was it wasn't that being only um, 140. I was a huge fan. A little bit of a lackluster ending. Kind of ended out of nowhere. Wasn't extremely satisfying. Did not ruin the movie at all. I would agree. Just, yeah. Uh, but it was really cool. You know, a lot of no names, people that I didn't recognize for, for the most part. I feel like I knew one or two faces in there, but they, you know, they weren't superstars or anything. Very cool movie. Yeah. I thought the acting was really, really good. Yep. Okay. This one, Tara didn't watch with me. Uh, I'm going to highly recommend it. It's Ugh. called The Bar. 2016, 86% critics, 55% audience, 140 runtime. This is a, another foreign film, and it's European Spanish, like Spanish Spanish, which I love. I think it's beautiful. So I'll watch those movies all day, every day. Plus it has like my probably my favorite Spanish actor. His name is Mario Casas. He's in another movie, before I go down a huge tangent, called The Invisible Guest slash Contra Tiempo. Please watch that movie if you find it. It used to be on Netflix. Hopefully it still is. It's one of my favorite thrillers of all time. Anyways, also, he's like a Spanish spitter. Um, This movie was delightfully surprising. Takes a, it's, it's a story of, I don't know, maybe 10 or so people, maybe even a, a few less, stuck in this bar because they witness a murder just outside of the bar, like a little bar cafe, and... They realize they're sort of trapped in there and paranoia ensues. I love exercises in human paranoia because humans are horrible and, you know, we always assume the worst in each other and ulterior motives and everything. And many times with good cause. And there are people from all walks of life. There's a drunken homeless guy. You know, there's like a nerdy, well-dressed software developer or like an advertising guy, Uh, you know, various different kinds of people, the proprietors of the bar and I love all the personalities. I think some of them are pretty big names in in Spanish cinema, including that Mario Casas. And um, I remember getting maybe halfway into it or something like that. I remember thinking there was only one word that I that I kept thinking, and it was repulsive. 
That that was literally the word in a delightful way. I was so thrilled with what I was seeing. I was like, this is just so it's such a weird, weird ass movie. Strong watch recommendation from me. I have a sixth sense of humor. Ugh. So watch the bar. I'll I'll read <laughs> the uh the Wikipedia plot. Yeah. You'll be disgusted even by that. Um Barba, Beard Boy. That'll make sense if any of you watch it. Uh The Little Things. This is an HBO Max exclusive, Denzel Washington. I will watch anything with Denzel Washington, including if it's a movie about Denzel Washington watching a movie. It will be good because Denzel Washington's in it. 2021, 47% critics, 65% audience, two hours and seven minutes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work backwards from this one. Recommendation for me is watch. What about watch. you? Okay, watch. It also star- co-stars Rami Malek, who I, I'm like starting to, he's growing on me. He's another interesting looking guy. He's not handsome. He's interesting looking. Um, he he was big in a show called like Mr. Roboto several years ago or something like that. Um, he I've heard rumors about him potentially being a Bond villain at some point or other. Um, he was in Bohemian Rhapsody. He played Freddie Mercury, and th- I think that was like a huge breakout role for him. And there's like there's at least one other movie I'm trying to think of that he's in. Moon of the Museum. Thank you. Those, well, that that's not the series. one I'm thinking of, but you you did mention that one. But um, yeah, good cast. Oh, randomly, another important character in the movie. I was like, I know I recognize this guy. They make him look like shit, though. Freaking Jared Leto's in it. Mm-hmm. So that was awesome. Um, so great cast. It was gripping. Like edge of my seat, interesting. All the way through. That being said, it was a little long at two oh seven, and it had a decent ending. Do you agree? Mm-hmm. Wasn't amazing. Even I, there was even some questionable decisions made. Alex, by the I characters. think the point of the movie is to highlight that questionable questionable nature mm-hmm. of everything that's happening mm-hmm. like yeah. you could rewatch that movie again and you still wouldn't get any other answers because i mean that's i, I think that's the point it's yeah. kind of like it's like a human thought experiment for the audience of like oh, in a way though because remy malik's character he did such a good uh job of portraying i guess sort of like his obsession over closing cases and you know c- getting his man and catching the killer and all that stuff like I don't know. Maybe I, th- I think we're all capable of, you know, making questionable calls in, especially in life or death situations and whatnot. And it's really, I, I thought it was a very good movie. I think it's worth watching. It's just a little bit long and the ending maybe could have been a little bit better, mm-hmm. but Denzel's perfect. So I thought, the, I thought the ending was perfect. Oh, well, I'm glad you liked it. That's awesome. Uh, it, it was good. I should, I'll, I'll bump it up from decent. Say it was good. It wasn't great. Uh, Cargo, 2018. I did not see this one. Yep. 88% critics, 66% audience, 145 runtime. Uh, shit, is his name Martin Freeman? Uh, can you look that up for me while you're doing that? Um, this is not to be confused with another movie on my list, also called Cargo. I think it's like a like an Indian movie, uh, and I think it's sci-fi. I, I'm going to watch that eventually, but this is a zombie one, like a zombie pseudo one uh set in australia with a disease that you know it, it 
you catch it and you have maybe like 48 hours before you, Martin Freeman, that's his name. Maybe you have like 48 hours before you turn. Obviously you have a thirst for thirst and hunger for flesh, blah, 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 and all that stuff. But there are some interesting, unique twists on the whole zombie premise of it, which I really enjoyed. And I, all, my, my favorite part was in fact, the setting being in the, uh, in Australia and Martin Freeman, he's, he has a, an infant, baby girl that he is trying to get to safety basically which obviously you can think of what a living nightmare that would be and there are lots of aboriginal people in the movie which i thought was really cool including a guy by the name of well his character named christopher sunday in the leftovers remember that real wild looking aboriginal guy Mm -hmm. he's in it too and had a a neat uh, character his name was the clever man but the setting makes it really cool and some of like the neat traditions that they have and the way that those uh, like the Aborigines dealt with um, the zombies and how they treated them and believed certain aspects of them. Really a cool movie. Totally recommended to watch it. Creep 2. 2017. We have a handful left. 2017. 100% critics. Ridiculous. Yeah, that's insane. 72% audience. Even that's a little high. Here's Those the bonus. There's just a bunch of people in a room circle jerking each other. Here's a bonus. One thir- or 118 runtime. Super short watch. Yeah. Um, I'm going to work backwards again. Definite watch if you have seen the first Creep movie and liked it. So the first Creep movie is really weird. Basically, this videographer looking for um, freelance work. He goes to help this really freaky guy out with a with a unconventional request. And it's very awkward, uh, like cringy, experimental film. It's, it's meant to make the, the viewer feel very awkward. If you saw and liked that movie... This is more of the same, except a little bit more ridiculous. And I would say totally go ahead and watch it, including like a full minute or two of full ass frontal male nudity, which uh, women get a get a bonus here because usually they're clamoring that they don't have male nudity and there's always a female nudity. And they barely even had the 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 two characters. She also revealed herself, but it was like very quick and didn't show her. Um, well, I lower mean, half. I. <laughs> Well, and for women too, I mean like a little different bush, but like you can't, a male's, a man's penis and balls hang just like right in your face. All the woman's stuff. I know. If, if, if a woman stood in front of you, like, and she had full bush, you'd see nothing but full bush. But they didn't, everything my, is like they, tucked they didn't even show that. And they deliberately oh, know, like cut it what, a certain I think way. that that's what I'm, I'm saying. Like, but even in movies that have a sex scene, like. They don't show like the lips in because like that that's porn. I mean like that's it's pornography. True. Like you can't just show, you know, genitals getting pounded. Like yeah. it has to be tasteful. I guess so. Yeah. So, but you know, I, I wasn't looking for any pounding. You know, I just looking for gender equality. That's all. <laughs> Tara's just shaking her head in dismay. God, silly. So if you have seen the first one, watch it. Otherwise, that I, I wouldn't jump right into creep too. I. It's it's weird, but I kind of liked it. <laughs> it's silly. Yeah. Um, Prospect. This is going back a ways now, Tara. We watched this uh, like probably a oh, month I remember and a half, this. two months ago, 2018. Was this space? 80, yeah, 88% critics, 71% audience, 138 runtime. Very solid runtime. They're like stranded on a prospecting planet, planet, and there's all kinds of really out there new sci-fi stuff. Mm-hmm. And I love when sci-fi does that. You know, 
of course there were some of your average tropes that you'll see in any sci-fi fair but basically some of the resources they had were super weird and like when you mine them you can screw it up and destroy the whole thing or like like it can like kill you or detonate or something i can't even remember yeah like if you don't do it right it could explode like a yeah, bomb they they all everybody spoke english because like you just making up an entire language for a single one-off movie would be a lot obviously but anytime they showed their writing it was it was a completely foreign language which i loved that like mm-hmm. it was a really cool visual bonus for a piece of sci-fi that okay yeah they're speaking english because i need to be able to understand what they're talking about as a viewer but like they they had me immersed in this completely different world and the one the main guy was uh Oberon from yeah. game of thrones i'm sorry it, i don't know his name it was also gritty like usually you Very. think of sci-fi and you well, mostly when you think of sci-fi you see like you know fancy stuff and it's clean it was like shit it kind of looked gritty and shitty yeah like and their like, spacecraft that's, that's were like barely stuff. put together yeah kind of it kind of reminds me of uh that xbox game we were playing outer worlds for a while no no no, not outer worlds outer wilds outer wilds although they're actually i would say outer Outer wilds is a little bit more rustic and there that's more rustic i i said i initially misspoke but outer worlds too you remember when i was playing that it was like fallout actually very similar so um fresh sci-fi i would say watch it was a cool movie yep um four left hashtag alive i did not see this it's just called alive 2020 88 critics 66 or i'm sorry 61 audience 138 is that yeah that's the screen's really far away from me 138 audio or runtime that was one of the best zombie movies i've ever seen the koreans definitely know how to do it I we talked about Train to Busan before. That's one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. Sweet Home is amazing. I don't even know. I might have mentioned this on a previous podcast. I'm bringing it back up because it's so important to watch if you like zombie shit. It's one of the best zombie movies out there. I don't even want to tell you anything about it. Just check it out. It's so awesome. And um, going forward, by the way, I'll try and avoid doing any repetitions. I'm just going to keep a note in my phone with this exact chart and make sure that, okay, this is new for the next uh, movie rundown that we do, whenever we do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously a watch from me. Uh, and w- there was one extremely good jump scare, in my opinion, and I love that, uh, whenever it's done well in a movie. The Endless is the next one. Oh, I wow. don't I don't remember. We were going to do a, a podcast, the two of us, of course we didn't, on this and another movie. 2017, 92% uh, critics... 67 audience 151 runtime little long super cool these two brothers spent a lot of time in their youth in a cult they wound up leaving the cult and they return there to see what's going on blah 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 and they notice something is fishy and it's very um hg wells really wild sci-fi supernatural mixed together stuff And very interesting, like really keeps you on the edge of your seat about what you're going to learn next and and everything else. And then we found out after we watched it that there is a prequel, right? A prequel. Yes. I I think there was the the prequel, which was just the movie. 
Endless is the sequel. Correct. We ran into, like, there are some characters in The Endless that you can learn more about by watching the prequel. It's called Resolution 2012, 80%, 65%, and uh, 133 runtime. Check both of those movies out. Those and, movies? And you can watch them in either order you want. I, because I had a good experience doing The Endless first, I would with bias we would probably recommend that because it was really neat to go back and see where those characters came from but i'm sure either one would be fine yeah um but i mean the only thing i would say would be if you watched the first movie first and then you watch the second movie you see characters from the first movie you're like oh shit you know it's i I can see how if you had seen that first movie Mm -hmm. and then seen this one afterwards you would have that oh shit moment. Yeah. Kind of. And you know what? By Which the would way, be cool. I, I realized I just said H.G. Wells, and that's not far off. I mean, it's, it's certainly sci-fi, but that's not the author I was going after. I was actually going after H.P. Lovecraft. Easy to mix the two because of uh. the initials and the H. It's very Lovecraftian in the sense that it's um, it's more about like weird, spacey, horror fiction kind of stuff. So, um, v- again... 100% I would recommend those movies without reservation. And then the last one that I watched this one a while back, I, I actually added it as a last minute addition. It's called Cadaver. Uh, 2020, 38% critics, 28% audience, 126 runtime. If you need a cheap thrill, the runtime is appealing. It was, uh, they're in a, a very poor dystopian society it might be like after another war, uh, world war or something like that but just really sh- everybody's falling on really shitty times and they get invited to go to this grand theater and participate in this amazing play where all the visitors are the actors and it was unbearably predictable that was really my only problem with it like it wasn't a terrible movie other than the fact that it was so predictable that like that it wasn't really all that um rewarding to watch so. Yep, I didn't even watch it. I like watched like pieces of it while I was like just sitting on the couch. I don't even know what I was doing. I was yeah. just trying to figure out something else to do other than watch that movie. Yeah. So and I just I knew I was like I don't have to be present for this because I can just tune in every couple of, you know, every five minutes or ten minutes. I'm like, oh okay. Yep. So I'm gonna put a list of all these movies that we talked about in the episode description. For your reference, if you want to, if you were listening and you heard some ones that you really wanted to watch and don't want to have to sift through them again, um, you'll be able to reference that easily. But I will say, if I had to give like a top five out of what we discussed, definitely the call, in no particular order, definitely the call, alive. I, I would maybe even for me go so far as to say the bar because I just thought it was so wild and out there. If I had to guess, Tara, is Fat Man in there for you, or no? Um, Out of what we discussed, me, Bad Day see. for the Cut, let Fat me Man. See. Hold on, I would say. Um, I mean, the Endless was like really good too. The, I would say the Endless and Resolution. We'll count I, that as one. I, I'm gonna count that as one because yeah. that's one whole concise thought and story. Hundred percent. Um, I would say. Fat Man, definitely. Midnight Special, definitely. Um, this could be your three. Yeah. Fat Man, Midnight yeah. Special, and the the Endless and Resolution. And I said and honestly, I, I might even alive. do the, the cult classic Cabin Fever. 
Oh yeah, it, it really I'll, is. I'll throw that in yeah. there too because it, it was just so good. Okay, that's your bonus one. Yeah. My bonus one is is the ravenous that French zombie flick. It was yeah, really good. That was cool. It was cool, and I I, I liked that uh, lead actor a lot too. They were all good. But thank you, Tara. You're for, welcome. We uh we got we managed to crank out uh, another hour ish content for the CHP fam. I hope they appreciate it. I enjoyed recording with you, and we'll we'll try and do some more of these. Did we ever talk about that tsunami movie? No, I mean we can toss that one in. Uh, what was that called? The Impossible. The I, maybe. Tell the listeners a little bit. So about it. so Alex and I had I I don't even know we were long night of I don't even know partying or something. We were up super late and we couldn't get to sleep. So we were laying in bed. We popped on Netflix and we saw this movie called, is it the impossible? It is the impossible. Okay. So we watched this. We're like, Oh, okay. And it was about the tsunami, a real life tsunami that hit, um, what was it? Thailand, Indonesia, Thailand, the Philippines. It, it was in the Indian ocean area and it devastated and just wrecked that whole one of the worst natural disasters. Yes, one of the worst natural history. disasters in modern history, and it follows the true story. Naomi Watts plays a main character, a mother of a family, and it shows and follows her family's the ordeal, family. the Bennett family's ordeal when they go on holiday down there um it was like right around christmas time or something i, I don't even know yeah, it, was christmas. it was christmas and they were celebrating and it was um what is it a family of five uh mother father yeah and three I, I, kids maybe even four yeah i think it was five you're right it was it was a family right. of five and it follows their story and i'm telling you what if you just don't want to feel good about yourself or life in general that's the movie to watch but also it's very inspiring at the very end of it um, but yeah, there were some man. I did tough scenes. We oh, oh I'm my like god, yeah. About like the, you talk about like <sighs> oh god, she's getting dragged through the just oh my gosh, yeah. By the, the way, that the, movie captures a lot of things. The the yeah. In, in the movie, it was, their names were the Bennets, but I, I I think the woman's name was Maria Bellone, or uh, you know, I hope I pronounce that properly. But uh, yeah, really. Oh, and. A super young Tom Holland. Yeah. Because I saw the kid and I was like, that's freaking Spider-Man. Yeah. Tom yeah. Holland plays the oldest son. Um, oh, yeah. That was that was something to watch. Hey, and you know what else? Tommy, night, Tommy to just bed. told us to watch a movie. I think a new movie that's coming out uh, or is out that has Tom Holland in it. So I need to get on that. Check it out. I can't yep. remember. Crap. Our list is growing. Yeah, I can't remember what he said, and I feel bad now. But um, we'll yeah, there's it. there is there are no uh, there's no shortage of movies for us to watch and cover on these little rundowns. So I hope you guys enjoyed. We'll try and come up with some additional content as well while uh, while Tommy is is still in in Tampa, Florida. And um, other than that, I'll just say thanks for listening. Appreciate you guys supporting us as always. Uh, craftheadspodcast at gmail.com with any questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, what have you. And otherwise, we'll see you next time. Thanks, T. You're welcome.